All right, welcome to the very first episode of the Next Gen Leadership Podcast. Uh, my name is Chase Merrill, and I have an amazing opportunity today to be sitting down with a, a good friend of mine that I've just been beginning to get to know over this last year, and uh, we're going to have an amazing conversation, uh, all centered around Next Gen ministry, reaching the next generation with the gospel, and uh just some, some, some opening things to this, because as I sit down with uh, this man of God today and we're starting this podcast, there's just some things that like, I want to make really clear to those that are going to be listening. And the first is that, you know, as a, I'm currently a youth pastor in Olympia, Washington, Church of Living Water, a four square church. And uh, just a tiny bit of my background was felt called to ministry from 13 and had an incredible encounter with the Lord and knew that God was going to call me for my life to spend reaching people with the gospel. Uh, got into ministry right out of high school and college worship ministry and then became a youth pastor for two years and then did that for two years and then was a worship pastor for two years at that same church and then was an executive pastor for a year and a half at that same church before God reassigned my wife and I to Olympia to be youth pastors again. And uh, so over the last year and a half of being in the youth ministry again, and primarily reaching the next generation, uh, my whole world has just been exploding and rearranged by the realities of the obstacles and the opportunities at hand with this next generation. And I'm having conversations with incredible men and women who are in the grind with me in, in, in reaching the next generation. And I'm realizing um, there are so many incredible men and women that God is positioned in this season to reach the next generation and has called them to do it and assigned them to do it. That their, their ministry and their lives and what they're seeing needs to, to be broadcast because not for their glory or their attention or my glory or my attention, but because there are a lot of people out there that are discouraged in youth ministry uh, they feel like burned out and hopeless. They feel like they're unequipped and ill-equipped and not able to do what God's called them to do or they're looking to move out of it. And I just keep having conversations with youth pastors uh, and youth ministers like like the guy we're going to talk to today who are just their heart for reaching the next generation is massive and it's for right now and it's not a stepping stone. And uh, And I'm also having conversations with youth pastors along the lines of like, where do I go for more help? Because I feel like there's not a lot of resources out there that are really lifetime resources for helping me better reach the next generation with the gospel. And, and so part of this today is, is just two guys who are in it currently as a 27-year-old, and uh, I'll have him introduce himself in a second, um, just in the grind with ministry together, trying to encourage and equip and empower next generation leaders to more effectively reach the next generation with the gospel. So that's the why. And I mean, I'll be honest, the tension for me is that uh, in my insecurity, in my pride, I have, have hesitated to even do something like this because so many other people doing it. And it feels like every other day there's a new podcast that comes out, a new leadership podcast or leadership conversation with incredible men and women who are just crushing it in ministry um, that are doing something like this. So personally, if I'm being vulnerable, it's just been the feeling of like, I'm not nearly as qualified or adequate to do what those guys are already doing. And they're already doing it really well. So why even bother doing something like this? Who would even listen? And the Lord was just like, get over yourself. Get over all of that. First of all, it's not about them and it's not about you. And I'm putting something in your heart. And just like our first guest today, God is doing the same exact thing. He's burdening 
us with this passion and desire to help encourage, equip, and empower people, next generation leaders. And so that's why today we're taking the step, we're taking the plunge. And um, I don't know where the Lord's going to do with this, but if you're listening today, my prayer is that this just begins to do that very thing and encourage and equip and empower you to uh, more effectively reach the next generation with the gospel, whether you're a youth pastor or a youth leader or a volunteer that's serving the next generation. That's the heart of this thing. And that will be part of these conversations as we move forward. So with that, so excited and honored today to introduce the first guest uh, on the Next Gen Leadership Podcast. And uh, this is a man of God who, uh, just in a short amount of time, I have come to know just a little bit, but man, I feel like I know him more than just a little bit. And I really respect him and I honor him and I have so much to glean from him, even in the few conversations we've already had. So today's first guest is Kiefer Annable, and he is a, an associate pastor here in Seattle, Seattle Foursquare Church. And uh, Kiefer, welcome, man. Thank you. You were really talking me up right there. <laughs> Dude, it, like it's no way, baby. This, it's real. <laughs> it's, it's, how, it's the truth of how yeah. I feel. And I also, I mean, there's a, there's an amazing call of God on your life. Yeah. And it's evident in so many different ways. Um, but, I mean, I know as we talk and have our conversation today, people are going to, People are going to be impacted by your heart and your experience and your wisdom. And so thanks for thanks for doing this. Thanks for being a part of this first one. And uh, I'm excited for the, the future of it, even though we're yeah. just starting that this isn't like a one time guest thing. You're you're going to be a part of this as yeah. a, a reoccurring person that we have these conversations with to speak into this world. And so yeah. will you just take a moment and just give us a window into a little bit of who you are, what you're doing in this season and in this context in Seattle? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, the respect is, is mutual, man. I'm really excited to be a part of this, honored to be a part of this and excited to see what God does with it. Um, cause it's about resourcing the kingdom. That's yeah. really the purpose. It's, uh, it's about seeing people catch a vision for the next generation and run with the next generation. Yeah, it's good. Um, a little bit about me, uh, Married. My wife's name is Courtney. Uh, little baby daughter named Eliza yeah. Glory Annable, and she's almost a year old. That's a rad name. Yeah, too. she's she's so cute. I just got to meet her this morning. Man, you guys are you got your hands full. Yes, yes. She's a little ham. She smiles at everybody. It's the best. She's <laughs> yep. a little extra. Um, it's awesome. But yeah, so it's um, things are going really great there. My wife helps a lot with, uh, ministry and she actually has some of her own ventures that she does in ministry. So it's really fun to kind of be a part of that and watch her grow and take steps out and, and risks and have a heart for the next generation as well. So, um, I do a, a number of things here at the church. I oversee discipleship and training and things like that. And, um, but my primary role is as a youth pastor and uh, I never anticipated myself being involved in, uh, youth ministry. Uh, even ministry in general, I never anticipated myself being in, involved in. Um, but the Lord really made himself quite clear. Um, I went through a time in my life when I uh, just ran as hard as I could away from that call of ministry and tried to think of all these different ideas and things that I wanted to do, things that I'm passionate about, and kind of give myself an excuse and label and say, I can make this a ministry, I can make this a ministry. Sure. Yeah. Um, but the Lord spoke really clearly that actually being in occupational ministry um, was part of the call that he had on my life and um, the place that he was leading me to. And um, to make a very long story short, I was in a meeting uh, 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 where a, a pastor from Montana by the name of Nick Goff, four square pastor, he was preaching and 
he prophesied over me um, in his room about 500 or so people, and he uh, he pointed me out and started prophesying over me and said that uh, he, he, he really described my personality. I'd never met him at that point. Um, I hadn't met him at that point. He described my personality. The Lord had spoken to him, and he then said, but the Lord says that you are... Um, you are in need of surrender. Mm. You need to surrender. And I knew exactly what he was pointing out. And it was my resistance to doing ministry. And, uh, and I snapped, uh, just, I ugly cried everything. <laughs> and cause mm. I knew what the Lord was calling me to. And, um, and so really from that point on, I started to step further into ministry and, um, youth ministry is really what I just started helping out with. Um, I, one of my good friends, uh, Trevor Loya, who actually led me to the Lord, was a youth pastor at Mill Creek Foursquare at the time, and I just started helping out with youth ministry, and it was kind of a, one thing led to the next, and I, a couple years later, found myself in a job as a youth pastor here at, at our church at Seattle Foursquare. So I've been doing youth ministry now as a pastor for going on four years. Um, uh, right after my wife and I got married, we, we came down here, and um, it's been... Nothing short of an adventure. Yeah, yeah. Lots of ups and downs and and things like that. But um, definitely grow more and more passionate every day about seeing the next generation yeah. know Jesus. Come on. And, and just in regards to, like, we, we both are uh, a part of the Foursquare uh, movement denomination. Um, now, this is something that obviously we... It's not about Foursquare or even any specific denomination. I really believe that this is something that, as we have conversations, is going to impact people across denominational lines. Um, but will you, will you just give a highlight? Because you, you also have another role mm-hmm. in the Foursquare uh, world in, in a specific leadership role, yeah. kind of overseeing some things next gen. Just speak a little bit about that and, and what that what that looks like. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually what's called a divisional rep. Um, so I... Pretty much my, my main role is to connect with youth pastors um, in my Seattle area um, and encourage them and talk with them and um, be relational, things yeah. like that. I also oversee summer camp um, for our area uh, as well. Um, so I do that every year, yeah. every year too. But yeah, that's kind of the, my, my involvement with, um, with next gen. We also do some things about talking about like training and stuff like that and yeah. thinking about ways that we can help best equip youth pastors. Um, so that's also very much on my heart in, in the sense of training and equipping pastors yeah. to be able to do the things that they're called to. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Real quick. How old are you? 27. Okay. So we're both 27. Yeah. Uh, you said married for four, four years, yeah. over four. Almost four. Almost. Okay, and almost before. Cool. And your daughter's. Uh, She'll be a year old in March. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, here's what I think I'd love to start our conversation off with today. And uh, as we've talked and dialogued, one of the things that is burning on our heart is just the reality of how important and vital. Yeah. I mean, it's always been important and vital, but it seems like in this season of in this generation. Mm-hmm when it comes to where the world is at and where it's going, the, the importance and the value of youth ministry, of next-gen ministry, uh, seems to be like more, more important than ever in regards mm-hmm. to what, what we're doing to yeah. effectively reach the next generation with the gospel. Yeah. And yet, we see a lot of the time a, a lack of resourcing or a, mm-hmm. a lack of our best towards that world and it can seem at times like it's a second thought for right. whether it's senior pastors or the leadership of a church. 
or even the way that youth pastors who are in it for a little mm-hmm. bit feel about their role as second best, third best, fourth best mm-hmm. until God opens, quote unquote, another door for them to right. like, let's, can we have a conversation about that? Cause I yeah. think that as people are listening, I don't know a more important thing we can start this thing off with, um, but talk about that issue that mm-hmm. we are seeing as we're in the middle of it and leading the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the, the impetus on reaching the next generation, it seems to grow more and more every single day. The reality of the fact of, um, where people are heading without the gospel, um, it needs to shake us on the inside and especially for the next generation. And we do see this, it's almost like a revolving door with youth pastors and youth ministry. And, um, and I really do think that the, the issue in itself, uh, there's a, there's a, a lot of secondary issues that go on as to why that takes place. Why do we have such a revolving door with youth pastors and youth ministries? But I think everybody in ministry needs to take a second and take a real honest look at the state of things yep. and to be able to just with a sense of clarity, not with a sense of cynicism or negativity or kind of starry eyed try to make this look as good as possible, but just pure clarity. Yep. See, where are we at? You know, I was, uh, we were talking before this and I was, uh, talking about how I was listening to this message the other day by a guy named Andy Bird, who's in, heavily involved with YWAM and, uh, also some other, uh, kind of bigger names and people in, in specifically the charismatic movement. Um, but he, uh, he was talking and he said something that just struck me. He he said that within, I think it was the next like 15 to 30 years or something like that. He said that we will have the Bible translated into every known language. So he literally, he said, we are literally living in the generation that will see every tribe and tongue have the gospel. Man. And he referenced the passage where Jesus said, this gospel will go to the ends of the earth, all people will hear of yeah. this gospel, and then the end will come. And uh, and I don't make I don't make that statement in an effort to try to make some sort of eschatological claim. Sure. What I am saying though is that there is a clear um, thing going on that God is doing. The gospel is going out more than it ever has yeah. been. I mean, even just thinking about the number of people groups in the nations uh, that we have reached in the last 15 years. Uh, I think it's gone from about 3,000 unreached people groups to, if I'm remembering correctly, about 900, um, something like that. And uh, regardless, the point being is that the, that number is shrieking. Like the gospel is going out. Yep. And yet we are here in America and we're looking at the state of culture and the state of things going on. And uh, either we have this starry eyed view and we uh, don't look at don't look at the state of things, the reality of the kingdom. We look at we look at it through all these other different filters. Or on the flip side, we look at it just everything so negatively, like yeah. everything is going to hell in a handbasket, and we try to like clump together as the holy and righteous sect yeah. <laughs> and not care about the the things that are going on in the world. And that's both of those things. I would I would go as far as to say they're both wicked kind of yeah. uh, thoughts in their uh, ploys of the enemy to try to. Um, prevent us yeah. from sharing the gospel. And I think particularly about the next generation, this, or, or I should say this generation, uh, this younger generation that's coming up that we are as youth pastors 
trying to shape and mold. And I think about the things that they're dealing with, um, how that also plays into the role of this issue with youth pastors that are just revolving. It, it's like it's a revolving door. And you see that there, there are more kids growing up, especially in places like the Pacific Northwest that we are in. Um, there are more kids growing up being raised by parents that are quote-unquote nuns. Um, you know, it's a term that's been really used heavily lately in terms of culture study and things like that. But these, so to the point to where like, I help out in middle schools and high schools all the time. And there are kids that I have talked to or um, know of that have literally never heard the name of Jesus outside of maybe a historical figure. Yeah. Um, and so, it, but it's just the reality that we're, that we're living in. And on top of that, you see so many different things going on in culture with entertainment, media, the, how fast the news cycle is, how volatile and reactionary everybody is, um, to where that is affecting the way this generation is growing up and developing. And then when you add on top of that, when we have a revolving door youth ministry, it seems like, I mean, we were just talking yeah. about, uh, in our area in the Seattle division, when I took over as camp director last summer, I had only been doing this for, uh, like at the time that I took the position, it was like two and a half years and, um, leading up to camp, it had been two and a half years. And I was the senior most high school pastor in my area of 25 churches. Or yeah. so. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, and I think that that's something that I, I see, I, I mean, if I'm being honest, because I was I was a youth pastor before I, I had the opportunity to be a youth pastor again, mm-hmm. and I was I was young. I mean, 21 years old. I just got married. Mm-hmm. First real like, here's your blank canvas. Mm-hmm. Come be a full time pastor on our team. You know, and I kept restarting a kick uh, kickstarting restarting a youth ministry. You know, there wasn't a ton going on at that season, but that moment. But uh, but my mentality, even going into it, mm-hmm. was like, all right, I'm gonna do this for like two years. Mm-hmm. And then the Lord will open up the bigger and better door right. for the, the things that he's really going to call me to. Right. And I mean, I, I quote, I equate that to, to just immaturity and inexperience back then. But, but there still seems to be that kind of mentality mm-hmm. floating around youth pastors, or at least the general idea of being a youth pastor, that it's like, it's a second best option or right. it's, it's a temporary thing until, and then I, and there's a ton, like you mentioned, uh, there's a lot of contributing factors to that. But I think the one that like I am most passionate about, and it just comes from the place that like I did it. Yeah. I experienced it and I thought these thoughts right. was that like, this is a, a temporary spot for me to like just develop until there's mm-hmm. more real ministry right. for me to do. And the God, God is just like completely, you know, broke me down. Right. And lit and convicted my heart and, and to a point where he, you know, just revealed the reality that like, one, well, that's a sin. That's sin. Like right. thinking yeah. that way is sin. And uh, and then, you know, not, not only that. So, I mean, I mean, convicted in that, but just that then he's begin to open my eyes and light my heart on fire mm-hmm. to the opportunity at hand. Like, and you, as you mentioned, the importance and the impetus of like this next generation seeing things we've never seen before right. with the gospel. Um, and, and so like I if, if, if youth pastors are listening to this or the, the, you know, youth leaders or potential youth leaders and youth pastors potentially listen to this, I can't, I can't encourage you enough to repent if you've had that mentality or yeah. you currently do and let the spirit of God do something new in you So important to help you see the, the, the amazing 
uh, privilege that it is to pour your heart and life out into reaching the next generation right. with the gospel. It's not a stepping stone. It's not something that you do until, mm-hmm. uh, you know, associate executive or campus pastor or senior pastor is available. Like, right. if we can begin to help shift uh, or, or challenge that mentality in, in leaders mm-hmm. or up and coming leaders to begin shifting the mentality that youth ministry, children's ministry mm-hmm. isn't second best. Like it, the way that the Lord looks at it is it's, it's on the same playing field right. as any other field of ministry. Um, what could happen? Right. Like that's the thing that I get excited about. What could happen if we really, if we really dug in and said like, no, I'm not going to be thinking about three years from now in regards to the next opportunity. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be all in right now yeah. and getting after these hearts and souls of the next generation with everything that I got and yeah. looking at it like it is the best opportunity and privilege that I've got. Right. Yeah, I think what you're saying is so important because we we need to be able to have a vision. Um, and it's not just youth pastors or next-gen people, by right. the way. And when we say next-gen, we mean anywhere from nursery to college. That's sure. kind of like, yep. a, at least in our world, that's kind of what we talk about when we say next-gen. Um, but it, not just next-gen and youth pastors and college pastors and kids pastors. Like It has to be across the board, associate pastors, executive pastors, senior pastors, uh, worship pastors. Um, everybody in each church, each congregation has to have a vision for the next generation beyond just saying that you have a vision for yeah, the next that's generation. Really that's really good. Because w- when you think about it, and um, I just kind of heard this the other day and it makes me want to study it a little bit more, um, but hearing about this sh- culture shift in church culture back in the 60s that took place from kind of there, instead of there being divided ministries like we have now, where you have a youth ministry, a worship ministry, a kids ministry, there was just ministry. And so you had like a, a senior role and you had some more executives. Um, you know, I'm sure if there's some, some people that are a little bit more seasoned than, seasoned than I am uh, that are listening to this, you could, you'd be able to speak to this a lot better than I. Like I said, I, this is a thought that I really want to research, but it was just making me think the other day of, of how once that shift kind of took place and how it has seemed you even look in the last 30 years or so, there was this, there is this emphasis on what is your model of youth ministry? What is your model of ministry in general? And it's like, we got stuck on how we did something and it almost is like we, once we divided them off, it (laughs) was like, it became a tryout, (laughs) you know, like youth ministry becomes a tryout for being the guy or the senior role or maybe a more adult type of guy. Yeah. And, um, and, and there's something that's just really inherently sad and I and grieving to me about that because um, it's not a stepping stone by any means. And, and, and I'm right there with you where the Lord's had to do things in my heart um, to not see it that way. But if we could just have this just fiery commitment to be able to say, this is where I am literally until God moves me. Like I am not thinking about something else until God moves me. Or he says, I need you to look up. Like this is where I am. And if we could have senior pastors and executive pastors, associate pastors, worship pastors, everybody, if we could have everybody with that kind of diligence toward direct, that kind of vision towards youth and kids ministries, um, I think we would see a shift. I think because here's the thing: like when you read the Bible, it's 
I'm frustrated with the way that we have things set up because it's almost like the most quote unquote gifted or called people um, that are in the bigger youth ministries or the bigger churches or, you know, what have you. It's like these more gifted or called people um, get these kind of uh, roles or opportunities to them. And it almost be it. It enforces that idea of stepping stone kind of ministry. But if we just were to, to focus so much and say we are going to get on our knees before God yeah. and see something shift and see the church have influence in the culture again and see specifically the church have influence in youth culture, um, I think we would see this massive shift because God never calls the likely. He uses the unlikely to do the impossible every time throughout scripture. I mean, you, you, you look at the characteristics of some of these people, David, Moses, Gideon, um, you know, throughout the Bible. I mean, even Jesus came from the most unlikely of circumstances and he's the savior of the world. He's the God man. He's, he, he is, uh, redeemer. He is Lord. He is King of Kings. I mean, came from, at least as it pertains to this earth, uh, in the flesh, the most unlikely of circumstances. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's so good. And I'm, I'm even reminded when I, when I got that call a year and a half ago, uh, to, to consider coming up to Olympia, we were in California at the time in Modesto, uh, my wife and I, our, our one-year-old at the time, one and a half-year-old, we got the call, you know, to come up and to to be youth pastors again. And as I was an executive pastor at that moment, with the trajectory of campus pastor, you know, on the horizon and, and different things in that context, I just I'm reminded as you're talking about the unlikely and the things that, you know, when it came to my thought process was, uh, I hey, this is gonna sound terrible. This is real, man. I'm I've I'm uh, developed beyond that in my leadership. And I've already done that. Mm -hmm. And now God's called me to reach more influencing and impacting people. And, uh, and man, I, I just, and I, and I went through a process of praying about the opportunity. And that was in that time where the Holy Spirit began, like I said, to just get a hold of my heart and convict me to, to relook at the way, uh, that opportunity was in front of me. And, and when I think about other youth pastors who are either currently doing it or youth leaders that are currently doing it or considering those opportunities that are in front of them, um, I'm not going to pretend like I, I just was will. I didn't will myself into thinking a different way. Sure. I mean, the, God's presence and the spirit of God did something in my heart that rearranged it. Yes. And so as people listen, like my, my, my encouragement to you would be, it's not just like, hey, yeah, get your act together. Think more biblically. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we all you know, want more of that God's truth in his word to be that foundation and bedrock that, that cultivates our thinking. But a lot of the time, like it needs God's spirit to do a a transformative work in your heart and your perspective. And, and so if you're there, my prayer for you is not that you'd hear this and be like, yeah, you know, like, you know, they, they, they got that mentality, Mm -hmm. but man, I, that's just, that's not me. Like pray that the spirit Mm -hmm. of God would transform your thinking and the lens through which you're looking and he will, he's faithful to it. And that'd be my, my, my encouragement. I want to challenge listeners with this. Like it's going to take a move of God's spirit to, to open up those eyes of the next generation leaders and senior executive associate and so on to see them through that lens as well. And the value of not just throwing a, you know, the, the, the most random person that's saying they're available as much as like, 
pouring resources and and the best people we got and yep. the best energies we got towards the efforts of mm-hmm. of reaching the next generation. So totally, yeah. It reminds me that what you just said reminds me of the passage in Ephesians when Paul's talking about how you know God's done this this God's revealed this mystery of bringing Jew and Gentile together as one family and. And he talks about the need for the eyes of the heart to be enlightened yeah, by the Lord, that they would see the plan of God, of what he's doing. And I think that if we could, in a similar way, obviously we're in a little bit of, it's a little bit of a different context. Um, uh, but if we could ask God to open up our eyes, that he would reveal to us the thing that he wants to do, that he would give us a revelation. Paul's essentially saying to them, look, we need to have a revelation of God's plan here bringing Jew and Gentile together. And I think in a similar way, we need to have a revelation of what God's wanting to do in young people. Yeah, it's so good. Well, as we come to the, the, the end of our time for today, just anything you would say to, to, the, to the youth pastor that's listening or the youth leader that's listening that is just discouraged or mm-hmm. discouraged or feeling like, uh, I can't wait till this season is done and I have another opportunity to do something else. Like, what, sure. what would be something you would just challenge them with is that as we wrap up our time? Yeah, you know what? Um, just because to, to be honest, I feel like I'm in some respects, I'm in that kind of situation, which next time we can go into a little bit more more detail yeah. in. But um, I would say, at least for me, the thing that, that the Lord has put on my heart to do is more than ever, just get on my face before him and reemphasize um, the role of prayer in my life. Um and to the point to where, like, as much time as I can, I am going to spend time in the prayer closet. As much time as I because I just, I need to see the face of God. You know, he, David mm. says that in, in Psalm 11, verse 7, he says, the God loves righteousness, he is righteous, and the upright behold his face. Um, and even in, in, what is it, Psalm 27, um, he, he talks about, he, this in this psalm, he talks about there's this battle going on um he's in the middle of adversity and there's enemies that literally want to kill him and yet this is the same psalm where he says i will see your goodness in the land of the living and then he says uh wait on the lord strengthen yourself and encourage yourself wait on the lord that's the closing passage to this (laughs) psalm where he's talking about this battle that he's in and he's going to see god's goodness um, and he also says, I will, my, my desire, my soul's desire is to be in the house of the living God, to be in the temple of the living God. And he, his whole point is like, look, in the middle of it all, wait on the Lord. Hmm. Um, and it's just to know, it's to know God. It's to see God. We don't wait on the Lord for any other reason, but to know him and out of that, God does amazing things. So I think my encouragement, um, and the thing that I'm, of, uh, uh, I am a freshly, experiencing right now is this inward groaning and desire to just wait on God. So good. I, that is so good. Yeah. I can't, I couldn't word any of that any better, but I mean, I couldn't agree with it anymore as well. Just the, so good. And, and man, as we, as we wrap up to, to those that are listening, um, just to encourage you, like you're called and, and where you are in the season is, is not an accident. And, God's got a, a divine purpose for this assignment. And so lean into his presence. Just like just like Kiefer said, get on your face before the Lord. Seek his face more than ever. It's not going to be a, 
a step one, two, three of youth ministry success or effectiveness, or here's the new methods and the new models to try. I mean, all those things are have their place, but there's no equivalent to getting in the presence of God and, and seeking him from that place of desperation yeah. that God, you got to do something in me before you really can do something powerful through me. And so, uh, yeah, I, I love yeah. that. Good. We'll have um, more time next time, and I'm, I can't wait. I'm, I yeah. wish we had more time now, but we'll, we'll have another one of these conversations soon. And and our prayer is that you know, as you've listened today, and this is something that's encouraged you, equipped you, and empowered you to continue to be the leader that God's called you to be in reaching the next generation with the gospel. So, Kiefer, thanks for being this first the first guest on this thing, man, and con- contributing, me. and man, just pouring your heart out. And thank you for saying yes to the assignment. Yeah. of reaching the next generation with the gospel in this season. And uh, it's, it's men and women like yourself who are continuing to say yes, even when it's difficult, even when there's potentially more resource to go another way, another job or whatever, and all those different things that can be on our minds and hearts as we raise families and, and all that, that you've said in this season, yes, to the things that God's called you to. Yeah. Man, I respect the heck out of that. And uh, I'm, I'm challenged and inspired by it. So I just honor you and uh, I'm thankful for your contribution to the kingdom. And God has just started with you. Yeah. And, and man, and, and if you're listening, I, I believe the same, the same is for you. So thanks for listening. If people want to connect to you, I know you're not on Instagram. Yeah, are you, are you, media. are you on any, or what's, if someone was like, man, I was listening to that. I got questions about that. or I want to connect with you further. Totally. What's, what's the best way people can connect with you or follow you? Yeah. You can email me. I'm, I know this is a little crazy. We we still use emails. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can email me at Kiefer, that's K-I-E-F-E-R, at Seattle Foursquare, all one word, all lowercase, um, dot org. So Kiefer at Seattle Foursquare dot org. Um, and I'll, I'll be sure to... I'll be sure to respond. Yeah, I'm a, little, I'm a little unique. I don't do social media. I noticed how it was affecting me one day, and I realized that if my encouragement to these kids is to... Um, to disconnect, then I need to disconnect. And so, uh, yeah, I just, I decided I wasn't going to buy into that. You have to be on all these social media platforms to have a successful youth ministry or to have an impactful youth ministry, I should say, because the goal is discipleship. It's, uh, it's so. good. I respect that. You're probably living more free than most of us. I feel great. Yeah. yeah I feel great. That's, that's <laughs> probably a great topic we can hit into next time too. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of youth pastors would be pretty intrigued to dive into that because that's yeah. different. Than where a lot of a lot of people are and what they do. So yeah. thanks again. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I continue to walk in that identity that you are a son or daughter of God. Be empowered, be encouraged, be equipped in Jesus' name. See you guys next time. <laughs>